Okay, so I want to read you guys this quote from Elliot Friedman that Justin sent me today. Yeah, I thought we were about to start talking about Joe Biden for a sec because I have oh, a story. No. <laughs> but okay. Um, uh, we can, I'll leave this in, but okay. uh, we can cut out other stuff if we want. But yeah, just um, I just have to find it. But Justin sent me a thing from, I guess, I guess Elliot was on the sh- on like 650 earlier today. And so he got a. Tr- <laughs> you have to say Elliot Friedman was. Because <laughs> um, I was like, eh, what? <laughs> um, so I guess he, I guess he was on the show earlier today, and Justin transcribed it. And I'm just gonna find it here. Um, I guess someone asked him about Return to Play and just like whether or not he was excited about it. I can't wait. You know, we've been sitting around for months. My wife is sick of me. My son is sick of me. My wife's boyfriend is really disappointed about the situation. We've all been sitting around and want something to do. So uh, major credit to uh, Elliot Friedman for that joke. That's, uh, oh, that's he fantastic. Actually, he said that? Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, Justin messaged me to be like, oh, Elliot dropped like the best joke. Um, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I'm your host, Jackson McDonald. With me, as always... What's up, everybody? It's Vyasteran. I'm in Vancouver. I'm really happy. <laughs> We're all very happy for you, Vyasteran. Yeah, I'm in... Uh, I'm house-sitting. It rules. Elliot's here, too. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he got the opportunity to uh, to say that, but... And I'm Elliot Hoyt. Yeah. Um, it's been a, a hot minute since we last recorded. Have uh, you guys been up to anything interesting in the meantime? No, it has been a hot minute. I am sweating so much. Yeah. It's very warm, true. Yeah, I'm sweating too. Uh, it's weird how we just didn't have summer for two months. I know, right? And then, like, all of a sudden, it's just, like, the middle of August. Yeah, we got we got really lucky. Yeah. Um, anything new? Uh, I think, honestly, the main thing is I got my car back, so that's fucking sick. Nice. Uh, I've been waiting on that for a very long time. Uh, way too long of a story why it's not there. Uh but my dad had a guy who had another guy and I'm pretty sure some indentured labor <laughs> went on uh, in like the, in like the fixing of my car. And I don't know how I feel about that or I feel badly about that. Wow. But I'm still driving it. All right. Um, Interesting. I think that's a, <laughs> uh, okay. sorry, I just heard knocking. Um, and, uh, what else is going on? And, uh, I am house sitting in, uh, near the downtown east side and I'm very happy to be like, uh, Near work, near stuff that my work is relevant to. And near a working Wi-Fi connection so we can actually oh, record. V- oh, yeah. Viasa's computer just exploded the last time we tried to record, so that's yeah, why it's no, been so we, long. We were supposed to record like two weeks ago. And I was kind of surprised when Jackson went, did the whole, uh, when you did the whole, like, uh, we're going on hiatus. I was like, whoa, it's that bad. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> you know, we had been on such a good run of recording every week that I was just, and I just... I knew I was going to be busy over the next little while and it was going to be hard to record again. So I was, yeah, I just put out a thing just being like, yeah, we're on hiatus, hopefully not for very long. <laughs> and you know, it ended up being like two weeks. So whatever. Yeah, not a big yeah, deal. No, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. There, there isn't a hole in the universe because of rocks fever. So I yeah. would, yeah, I would actually argue against I mean, that considering not. all the shit that happened while that's we were fair. gone. That's um, fair. Elliot, anything going on with you? Uh, not really, no. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so I guess uh, step one would just be, you know, obviously we're, it's been, I think, nearly two weeks since we last recorded, if not two weeks on the nose. 
And in the time that's passed, we the... were isolating. Yes, okay. that's right. Yeah. yeah, we were isolating well. Yeah. yeah, the we thought my computer had a virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the return to play plan seems to be ramping up quite quite quickly. Uh, I think we skipped over phase uh, two entirely of the of the <laughs> return to play plan and we're now on like i don't know phase three or four this the, the, these remind me of like threat levels after 9-11 <laughs> like i feel like i don't quite understand what you, what each of them means i think we're on orange right now something like that yeah, medium threat a new, um, like a doomsday clock too right? yeah. <laughs> yeah uh but as a um just as a basically a bit of housekeeping um the Return to play plan sort of wrapped up in that was an either an extension or renegotiation of the CBA. I honestly know nothing about this, but I know Elliot, you know certainly enough to qualify yourself to be the expert on the show <laughs> about it, which is sure. admittedly does not have to be that much. But can you just run through what exactly is going on with the CBA? So he's, I don't know exactly. He's the only one who remembers the URL for Capuc. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know anything too important, like, you know, how long this runs for or anything. However, it does seem to cover the next handful of years. Of note to Canucks fans is the salary cap will be flat for at least two years. Yes. You had to flatten the curve, man. Um, yeah, I got to flatten the curve of those salaries. <laughs> um, there's a few interesting, like, little That's so things dumb. about the CBA in terms of... <laughs> Like trade conditions, like you can't right. make trade conditions contingent on people signing extensions or whatever. Okay, yeah. I don't think this really matters. Of interest to Roxy Fever fans, no trade and no move clauses always travel with a player. Um, you might wow. remember when PK Subban was traded, Nashville chose not to honor his yes. NTC, which to me seemed really fucked up. That is fucked up. Good for them. Like you negotiated for this, but then if you're an RFA, your new trade doesn't kick in for a few years. And then if your trade team just trades you Whoa. before that, the new team doesn't have to respect this trade agreement. So that's... Whoa. That's but, fucked up. But that's no longer day. the case now. That's no longer the case. Good. Good for them. That's for a now. real That's a real concession that they won. So that's yeah. yeah, good for them. For now. Um, yeah. And then there's nothing else too interesting. There's rules about arbitration briefs but and yeah sure the most important thing around is that yeah. we've we've avoided a lockout for uh, people yes. were were concerned about a lockout in i think 22 23 was the yeah. year that that the cba was gonna expire and so we've kicked the can way down the road now don't have to worry about a lockout it's like um, 20, the next right? olympics yeah i think you're right yeah. should have nhl play. yes yeah um so that's that's enough about that because that's uh fucking boring okay so i had asked about uh, long ago. Right. So yeah. the new CBA has added a new thing where if your cap recapture penalty would be more than your annual cap hit, it is now only the annual cap hit. Okay. okay. So like Luongo's, there's like that nightmare scenario where Luongo hangs on for their two years and then his cap recapture penalty is like $14 million or something. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, that would have been five. So in other words, million, they, million, they edited the CBA so that Montreal won't, or so that Nashville won't be fucked when Shea Weber retires, but so that we're still fucked over the Luongo Basically. thing. Yeah. 
Nashville could still be much more fucked than the Canucks are, to be honest. Yeah, I don't want to get into that too much, but it really is amazing that they've found a way to make it so that the Canucks are the only team that will ever be, like, punished for this. Man, it would, it would have been so funny if we did get hit with the 14 mil, though. Um, I kind of, like, after after how these years have all gone... That would have been fun. Yeah, it would have been really funny. Like just the sheer chaos of every single betting defender being like, "Well, he got hit with a fourteen million dollar penalty." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then everyone's yeah. like, "Yeah, you're actually." Yeah, and everyone having to having to just concede, like, you know what? That does fuck you over pretty badly. I have to admit. Um, yeah, yeah. That's always the sort of the shame of like, whenever you you're like as a as like a hockey analyst trying to forecast what's going to happen it's sort of a shame that the worst case scenario never actually comes to pass just because of how funny it it would always be or how interesting um it's like like i would have loved to see whatever uh longo would have tweeted about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. like there's also i don't get about the nhl which is like what happens if you're above the salary like if you just wind up above the salary cap what happens because after a certain point like do they not let you dress players or do you just have an overage i think there is a thing that happens where eventually they stop letting you dress players i remember i seem to remember like the la kings one time having to dress um 11 forwards because they were because it it was all they had to to be cap compliant or something but it's so (laughs) rare I would love it for a team to just be like, no, fuck you. We're $14 million over the salary cap. <laughs> and just like... <laughs> or just be like, oh, fuck you. We tried to get under the salary cap. But we have this stupid $14 million penalty. There's several, only 7 mil over the cap. Just take it off. Just put it on our tab for next yeah, year. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, the other big story from the sort of period where we normally would have recorded and didn't is Judd Brackett is officially... Now, no longer a member of the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, he had, and is now a member of the Minnesota Wild. The I love that. Playoff run. Yes. I yeah. Love that. Um, th- this one, you know, we, we covered most of this. I think most of the things you would have to say about it in our episode a few weeks back with Justin Morissette and J.D. Burke. But it is worth just circling back and discussing a couple of new elements to it. I think the first... And most interesting or most relevant to Canucks fans is that he was a free agent for nine days during a pandemic when teams were losing money like crazy and no one was getting hired and everyone was getting fired. So it shows you that he his reputation around the league certainly precedes him if he was able to get a job that quickly. I also just thought it was... A, th- a theme of this week's episode is going to be the lion fake news media. Um, but one thing that I thought was interesting that kind of came and passed, as is often the case on Twitter, was just people kind of being like, you guys know this doesn't affect the series, right? And it was just like... Really? No. Yeah, I saw... I saw. I mean, Andrew Walker specifically was the guy. No, but, I know. Perfect. But, I didn't know this. I have not paid attention to anything. Um, yeah, so. okay. Here, you guys want me to find it? I can find it. I just meant like really like someone's at, like yeah I think we know that this doesn't affect the actual playoff series. Yeah, yeah no yeah for sure it's it's it should be obvious. Like that, that that's sounds not like one case. of my dumber questions. Like does this technically mean like Minnesota <laughs> owes us like a buy? Like we get like we're, we start off one nothing. Like yeah, back in the day when like you um, could like trade 
uh, assets for like actual like staff. Uh, yeah, know. totally. Like, do when we you get could trade scout? players for cash? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, there's a metaphysical sense in which it does affect the series, but it's actually a good thing for the Canucks because now the Minnesota <laughs> Wild are going to win the series and then draft Lafreniere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm just searching for the tweet here. I'll just I'm, take I'm me just a wondering, second. like, uh, I'm curious why Judd chose Minnesota. Like, do you think that they're like obviously they've sucked. They've just like had like decade of uh, mediocre. mediocre like, uh, is that a smart move for him to go there? Um, I mean, I think it depends on how you look at it. First of all, the chances are he just went there because they offered him the most money or something, yeah. right? Or he just liked the pitch that... Yeah, they offered him autonomy over his own unit. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like they, he, he just wants. felt like he was going to get more control. Or it, it could just be, you know, the the uncertainty yep. right now. And, and they, they, they were just willing to immediately offer right, him a job. Right. And so he took it. Um, but... I, I have a... Would you guys say that... Minnesota is like the Edmonton of the United States hockey teams in that I would no. say Minnesota is the Edmonton of the USA more than I would say that yeah. the Wild are the Oilers of the American I, teams. Right. I wouldn't say that because Edmonton has been bad forever. Minnesota's just been What I bad. what I mean like, is like in terms of when you're making a decision to play there as a free agent. Oh. like Edmonton has like notoriously like struggled to get that cuz it's like why would you want to live in that city? And Minnesota's quite cold for US the standards. The advantage for Minnesota as a city is that every American hockey player is from there. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. eases things up a bit. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I think that they do have trouble attracting free agents for sure. Um, in as far as like why Judd went there, I, I don't know how much this plays a role, but I would say that like if you want to punch your ticket as a scout, one of the best things you could do is go to a team that is always picking in the yeah, area where yeah. it's harder to get good players. Yeah, yeah. And picking and root and for a few years in a row pick an elite player at like 10 or 12 or 13 like you could see how that relationship yeah like my joking that the nightmare scenario is now that minnesota loses the play-in series and picks first overall is not actually accurate it should be that minnesota wins the play-in series and then gets a better player than the canucks do because Mm -hmm. of judd yes exactly um and i could i could 100 percent like see that there's an non-zero chance that happens (laughs) like that's a real possibility Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and and I do think that if you want to prove your worth as a scout, going going somewhere where you know you can see why Bill Guerin would be interested in hiring him, and why he would be interested in going there, because for for the Wild, it's like, look, we're not tanking, we're not going to be shitty. We need somebody to come in and be better than the the competition at drafting in the middle of the first round. Yeah. And for him, it's just like. It could be as simple as like, oh, if I do good enough at this for three years, I'll be on the fast track to be like a GM yeah. or an AGM, which I have heard is something he might be interested in. Sweet. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, Andrew Walker just said, and I saw Earth um, make a similar statement, and this is like... Hey, this before, is, before you say it, can you yeah. like edit it so it like sounds like a hamster? <laughs> um, it's... <laughs> 
an 11 day old take now. So I don't want to spend too much time on it, but he was just like, someone is going to have to explain to this market that this doesn't really impact the upcoming series. Who's it going to be you, me, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, I just have to say like, it's going to be a theme uh, as, especially as we discuss the Besser and Vertan and stuff. But like, I am just so fucking sick of interesting things happening and the media in the city being like, I shouldn't have to cover this. It doesn't have to do with anything. And it's like, bitch, there hasn't been hockey in three months. Somebody just gave you a free day of yeah. radio yeah. by leaving the organization and you're going to cry about it like a little baby. Fuck off. Yeah. I just have no time for it. It makes me so mad. It, I, fucking everyone who appears on 650 is allergic to talking about anything that's fucking interesting. <laughs> and this is why no one listens to your goddamn radio station. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, I've, like, I, take us there, man. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was... <laughs> yeah, I've been holding that in for, for almost two weeks, so I just wanted to get it out there. That's crazy. You know what? That's crazy that Andrew Walker had to deliver that whole apology over that. That's, man. Cancel culture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cancel culture is real, man. Yeah. Um, as far as the Judd stuff is concerned, I think that it's a very bad sign that what we're sort of hearing from insiders is that Benning wants to have more control over the draft and that Judd's role is going to be kind of, and again, I want to make clear that these are just suggestions. They're they're my inferences based on what insiders have said, but it sounds like Benning wants more control over the scouting department and Judd's role is going to be kind of subsumed by John Wisebrod and Ron DeLorme, which the the Ron DeLorme and thing uh, is Gusto just... And Pinochet. <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, the, the Ron DeLorme stuff is so just... It's so insane. I mean, he's such a the guy was, was, was the reason that Gillis got fired. Yeah. And, and, and uh, people who who love the Canucks front office and talk about how great they are at drafting are, are now defending this guy. And it's like, it's the same guy. I, I don't know. I don't get it. He just, uh, like, Ron DeLorme has been, <clears throat> has been, like, he was there in, like, mid-2000s, right? Like, he was there Absolutely. for such a long yeah. time. He was it's, there in the early 2000s, I think. It's so weird to have, like, that name come back up in this context. Like I thought this guy was would be eighty by now, kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Like, he was old back then, and like to have him kind of come out, uh, it's like the opposite of when Gandalf shows up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the Canucks equivalent of the fucking Iraq War. It's just yeah. like the same <laughs> fucking people who did this are still around, it's, and they won't fucking go away. <laughs> it's yes. I, for a second, because I've been thinking about like Brazilian politics randomly. It's it's like the Brazilian fa- it's like the, yeah the Brazilian fascists came back after after like uh, Lula like was saving the day for a while. Yeah, uh, it's like what the hell like we, we had a chance for so for so little time and they just like forced their way in back. Yeah, yeah no, it's 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 just it's, like a goddamn stay behind network of never mind. Yes, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's every ge- every uh, new Canucks general manager inherits the stay behind network of like <laughs> yeah, um so I so the next uh, 
last sort of quote unquote news uh, story to address before we get into the the meat of the episode, you know, only 40 or 50 minutes in or whatever, is um, Besser. We got a rumor. I think Matt Zakaris was a source of it. Yeah. Earlier this week that the Canucks are, I think maybe the best way to say it is open to trading Besser. Um, perhaps, I think Elliot Friedman, when he showed up on 650 a few days later to clarify, he he was saying that the Canucks have had conversations about trading Besser, but aren't actively shopping him. Okay, my question, why? Is this cap related? So, I have my own theory about why it's coming up. Sikara says it is cap related, that they think it's the easiest way to move out some money and get back a defense. Why can't we just uh, buy out Louis Erickson? Louis Erickson's contract has so many signing bonuses that you can't sign. If you buy it out, you don't save very much. Exactly. Yeah. There are things they could do. Thomas Drance, um, who I would really like to have on the show soon, actually, um, parenthetically, wrote a really great um, article for The Athletic, basically kind of doing... So you, you guys remember like a few weeks ago, I did that solo episode where I looked at the cap and just talked about how the Canucks can't get better. Yeah. Right. Um, Drance did the opposite. He, he wrote an article basically about like, okay, here's how to fix the Canucks. Like here's what they could do to, Mm -hmm. to fix their problems. And he, he laid out like a bunch of different possibilities while also accounting for the fact that like, you're not getting rid of Erickson or Sutter without retaining money. Um, right. But he he did and he did a very good job of showing, I think, how hard it is going to be, but also of illustrating that it is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the cap thing makes sense. It, it makes sense in that it's kind of like killing two birds with one stone, um, because they can cut out salary quite a bit of it, but also get a defenseman back, which they desperately need. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can see the, I can see the appeal like package Besser and, um, somebody like a, a like a I don't know, Fantenberg or somebody I don't know how long he's signed for but like something like that, just to move a body off the back end and then take back a much better defenseman and a pick mm-hmm. or something. Um, it makes sense like on a, on a surface level. Obviously, the question is always if you're going to actually get a fair return, which seems really unlikely. But my theory about these Besser conversations is that they've only been had with the caveat that they lose the play-in round and get the first overall pick. Hmm. Because I And I think that essentially what's happened is that these leaks that that have gotten out and the reason why the story has popped up again it's probably because they're discussing it again just as a contingency plan for like what if we actually do get Lafreniere because that is really the situation where it starts to make sense yeah because it's like at that point you don't like you don't quote unquote need Besser anymore you need a defenseman so much more exactly and so i think at that point then you you're really dealing from a position of strength and it makes sense to target a defenseman and move besser out and i just think that that part of of the story either got lost in translation Mm, or just didn't like 
whoever it is, Sakaris or whoever who or whoever told Sakaris left that part out because it makes it significantly less interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. So that's my personal good, theory. Good for him for uh, just that's, you know fucking around with the story and making it interesting. Honestly, I I kind of am inclined to agree, and a lot of people got really mad about him reporting this and saying you know just like I. <sighs> Just like everything else, oh, it's not a story. I hate that. Fucking hate that. Anything's a story in this market. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or just for, you know, drumming up controversy to attract listeners, which, you know, I mean, I can I can see that if we assume that drumming up controversy is bad somehow for yeah. someone, which yeah. I just don't right. really buy. Um, who's to say that this sort of story getting out is bad? bad for Besser. Maybe it just makes him play even better, right? Like, why does no one ever bring that up? Why does no one ever ask that question? One of the things about the story that I thought was quite interesting was that as soon as it came out, you know, there's Rob tweeting about what happens at practice or during the scrimmage, and like, Besser laying guys out. All of a sudden, that's a hell of a lot more interesting now, knowing that he might Mm -hmm. get traded. Yes. Whereas before, it was just like, neat. Besser does it occasionally. Yeah. Who cares? He's supposed to be one of our good players. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would hope he's taking it seriously because he's playing against his hometown, like team ish. Yes, so, no, they are. They I mean, certainly it definitely are. made the story a lot more interesting. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. How can you blame the guys for. And the other thing too is like we talked about this Vias before you um, came on the call yeah. off uh, off mic. Elliot and I were just talking about. I've been reading bits and pieces from what I can find on the internet, basically from manufacturing consent and. Um, it is just like, I know it's, it's extremely me no, to bring this point. up on the show, but it, it is really interesting just in terms of like, kind of, it's a really, really great look at how the media functions as a sort of propaganda tool without even meaning to, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and something that I've become sort of more like red pilled to is that if a really powerful organization doesn't want something to get out, they have ways of making that happen. And oftentimes, like, even, I guess what I would say is that a lot of the time, even the quote-unquote negative stories that make it out of the organization are often at least, like, tacitly approved by the organization. By somebody in the organization. Yeah, but, yeah. But exactly. Yeah. And so it's it's it's, to me... The question that always comes up in my mind is when you when a story gets out and your assumption is that the person who's reporting the story is doing it for their own uh, sort of benefit to, you know, uh, create controversy, get eyeballs or listeners or whatever on them. Um, th- there should at the very least be like an equal counter to that of people being like, who's to say the team didn't leak this yeah. or, yeah, or, right. or who's to say the team doesn't benefit from this. And so in a situation like this, I just wonder to myself, like, fuck, maybe the team put it out there. Cause they just feel like they really need Besser to be good in this series. Yeah. You know, no, like it's, 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 like, it, hey, it's a little 11 D chess, but it's definitely <laughs> possible. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also makes it uh, more fun. Cause you know, he's from Minnesota. Like, yeah. This, yeah, exactly. It's going to be exciting. It's a great storyline. Yeah. It's so just... I'm, I'm down for it. It's just... There's not much happening. you got to find things to talk about. 
Yeah, and it kind of the thought, uh, the, the sentence, whose uh, upon whose terms are we kind of debating this? Uh, yes. It comes to mind, like, after a conversation, like, three of us plus some other guys were talking about earlier today. Like, yeah, like, when, when we're all fighting about Besser, like, yeah, we're just kind of, <laughs> we're, we're in a circus right now, and we're the clowns. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, speaking of clowns, um, the the last thing, or the main thing, I guess is a better way to put it, um, that we're going to leave basically the rest of our time here for is the saga of Jake Vertanen, who somehow... Jackson's sagas are Icelandic. Not Finnish. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> I'm so mad with the amount of waiting I did for that, too. Ah, like 50 There's seconds. so much buildup. Um, Jake, somehow... I DMs you to tell you that sagas are also a finish thing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Um, Jake somehow managed to be embroiled in two controversies in the time since we last recorded. Hey, you know he's good at multitasking. Like, while he's driving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's the funny thing, is that he also was nabbed, like, earlier in the... During quarantine for, yeah, the cell phone video. Oh, so that's thing. not even one of the two And we didn't talk about it. So so it's exact. <laughs> no, yeah, it's dude. not one of the controversies. So Fucking I am Hell yeah. honestly thinking that perhaps the best way to do this is to just lay out... The oral history of Jake Vertanen <laughs> fucking up in Vancouver. <laughs> okay. Because um, there's there's a few incidents, and I have laid them out um, in chronological order. I, I did go back and, and look and find the... And I think I have it right. I might be off slightly with a couple of them, but... Um, so I'm going to... You know, I'm not going to quite structure this like a heritage minute but it's very it's similar It'll be familiar to um, just think it, if roxy fever is around in 2030 this will be a heritage yes minute. yeah exactly you're getting it yeah. early that's the best way of that's the best way Great to look point. at it yeah so i think the the easiest place to start and and we'll, we'll start at the beginning and then we'll, we'll move forward and that will take us into these latest Incidents now, now to that have happened. Preface: These are incidents as a person uh, like that the Canucks hold the rights to, and who worked and who's like while well, he's a Canuck. Yeah. Essentially, okay. yeah. Okay, just making uh, sure we're starting there and not for any incidents prior to that. Anyways, carry yes. on. <laughs> so, so I mean, I think the the one place I do want to start with that is that does kind of it's the one exception to this is just with the time leading up to him being drafted. And do you guys remember much of that? I don't know if you guys were really online very much back yeah, then. Yeah, a little bit, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Was, like, I don't remember anything about him from that. Well, he he definitely was like, uh, it felt like, oh, the Canucks are never going to draft this guy because it would be too obvious for the, him them to draft him. Because the Canucks had a history of, had a history of never hiring from their backyard. Or sorry, drafting yes. from their backyard. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like they never, they never uh, drafted like Vancouver Giants uh, when like we had some great players that other that other teams were able to get that we could have. Um, so and also yeah, like, like they wouldn't even take a flyer on Brendan Gallagher. Or whatever. Yeah, 
yeah right. in like the fourth round so, or something yeah so they're like as much as like like for me once canucks fans go nuts about like oh this guy would be great uh as a draftee and whatever or like we should trade for him my automatic response is like so that means we're never gonna get this guy they just like totally. these things don't happen yeah but the interesting wrinkle in this situation was that they had a new general manager who was, you know, the new sheriff in town and was going to fix the scouting department. Mm -hmm. And so in retrospect, what happened with Jake Vertanen getting drafted is basically the story of like every major thing that happens in Vancouver, which is that everybody knew weeks and weeks and weeks before it happened that that was what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. And tried to essentially talk themselves out of it. And it's been sort of memory hold now, but like there were a lot of people in the market who were very, very vocally against taking Jake for Tanner. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, there was the great article by uh, Reese Jessup. Jake for is good. So don't try. <laughs> yes. A classic, uh, an article that has just aged like fine wine too, because all of the predictions. He nailed it. He, he really did. Like he, he was like, yeah, Jake Vertanen will probably be an okay NHL player, but the other guys that he, that are going to get taken after him if they take him are going to be much better. And I, I did actually see, I think this quote from the article, which I do have, um, saved on my phone here and i'm just gonna pull it up really sums up like how how big of a bungle it was even selecting him in the first place right so i'm just gonna find it here he reese that is basically goes through um the this was pre like draft analytics really being a thing so uh, pcs pgps those things for the nerds out there that are basically where you um, cohort systems, where you sort players by similar players, uh, players of a yeah. similar height, production, league, etc. I mean, basically, the thing that Reese does in this article is PGPS, just at a very manual and low level. Exactly, and it's a precursor to it. Yeah. So he lists out Jake Vertanen's comparables. Which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna list out the good players because I feel like it's funnier if I don't. But um, some of uh, Jake Vertanen's matches include Marc Antoine Pouliot, Matt Pwemple, uh, Wojtek Walski, Ryan O'Mara, Devin Setaguchi, Morgan Klimchuk, Jordan Curran, Kyle Beach, Alex Picard, and Stefan Nosen. And uh, there are also some good players in here as well. But uh, I just thought that it was very funny that out of a group of like 15 players, half of them were guys I hadn't heard of or guys I had heard of, but who are not good. Or just um, completely forgot existed. I would love for Jake Tannen to be Devin Sadaguchi, man. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Once. Totally fair. That one, it, yeah. In one particular way. It's like for one particular <laughs> season. Yeah. yeah. Um, and nothing else. If, if not top three forwards and, these guys are certainly guys you that you would want on your team. It's reasonable then to say that these guys are Vertanen's ceiling. He has a chance to reach that level if everything goes perfectly and his development isn't hindered in any way. On the flip side, Vertanen's very closest comparable is Kyle Beach. There are also guys in this in this sample like Ryan O'Mara and Alex Picard and Marc-Antoine Puglia too. Total washouts at the NHL level and complete draft busts. 
There are about as many of these guys as there are legitimate top six forwards. So based on our one year of data, it's probably equally likely that Vertanen is a total draft bust as it is that Vertanen becomes a top line player. The most probable outcome likely lies somewhere in the middle of the two extremes. Here, it's Vertanen becoming a guy like Mikhail Bodker or Devin Setaguchi or Wojtek Walski, a useful middle six forward best suited to a complementary role. That's Jake Vertanen. And, th- and that is. And then... The algorithm works. He goes on to compare this to the group of comparables to Nikolai Ehlers, which was his player of choice. Now... I could cut out all the bad players from this to illustrate, to just make it sound even worse. But the thing is, there are no bad players. Yeah, I'm seeing the list um, too. His, his, comp, his list of comparables is Taylor Hall, John Tavares, Derek Broussard, Steven Stamkos, Jonathan Huberdo, Ryan Strom, Tyler Sagan, Bobby Ryan, and Sean Couturier. Um, and the point here that I think best illustrates... Um, how big of a bungle this pick was bearing in mind too, that William Nylander was also sitting right there. Uh, another way to look at it is that if you have the choice between selecting one random player from Jake Vertanen's bin or one random player from Nick Ehlers bin, it, uh, you're, and you're a rational person, you're going to choose from Ehlers bin 10 times out of 10. There's a larger chance of finding an elite player, a lower chance of finding an outright bust. And the average player you select will be better than the average player from Vertanen's bin. So, all of this is just to illustrate that there was controversy embroiling Jake Vertanen uh, before he even became a Vancouver mm-hmm. Canuck. Yeah, and sure. I think it really it serves to explain a lot of the kind of attitude that has followed him and the organization ever since. Because this was basically, it wasn't the first thing that the Canucks did. With Jim Benning as the general manager? No, but he was this guy who came in absolutely revered to be gonna, that he was going to fix the draft, and then the first thing he does on that front. Exactly. Is the and it's it's also pick. the first thing he gets to do sort of absent of right. context, right? Because like the previous move was the Ryan Kessler trade. Yeah, he's Which making has a ton of baggage. Exactly. He's making trades that are, are he's sort of like a little bit forced to to make you know like he's he's filling out he's filling out a roster he's trading a guy who doesn't want to be there anymore trying to get the best thing back that he can he from a you know guy who only wants to go to one of two teams yeah exactly and then he trades a pick for for or, and then he trades garrison for a pick trades a pick for Derek dorsett and then trades the garrison pick for for Lyndon Vay. Like, it's minor stuff, right? This is his first big move that he gets to make on his own terms, and it's to draft Jake Vertanen over Nikolai Ehlers. Or um, or my guy, Willie Nylander. Yeah, absolutely. But both guys Being that... Being allowed to drive Mom's car for the first time, then he crash it into the fucking mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might say that. So the next big thing that happens to Jake Vertanen that you guys may remember is... World Juniors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the infamous headline to the Jason Botchford article, <laughs> GOAT medal winner. That, um, yeah, he takes a penalty that basically costs Canada a medal. GOAT means good. <laughs> greatest of all time. That's right. Yep. He's and the also... winner of the greatest of all time medal. Yeah, this was just, again, before he even steps foot on the ice, he's... Uh, 
he's getting in trouble with um with the Vancouver media, you know. Um this was a fairly minor thing. It wasn't a uh wasn't a huge it, it it didn't end up having much long-term effect over time and I don't think there's much to to really say about it, but it is once again just interesting context as we go down the line here of the the things that Vertanen was embroiled in. Uh, next up is Jake Vertanen has his rather, uh, sort of nondescript rookie season and then returns for his sophomore season after what I have heard described as a bit of a lost weekend phase, um, during the summer. Yep. I just remembered my Jake Vertanen story. Okay. Great. So that was this exact summer that you just described. Yes. There are a lot of stories from that summer and I'll just leave it at that. Right. This one's pretty innocuous, so I don't feel bad telling it. But at the end of that summer, my friend, she's, for some reason, an Arizona Coyotes fan. Okay. Um, so then I ask Audrey, no, um, <laughs> just kidding. It's not Audrey. Um, but I ask her if she wants to come to a preseason game with me because I have tickets, because it's the Coyotes, and she does, sure. she's saying, while the players are all skating out, she sees the players, um, like, because they do the introduction of the players with the faces up there. Right. And she's like, right. oh, I have a question. So I was at the PNE, and this guy came up, this guy's friends came up to me trying to get my number for their friend who's in the NHL. Uh-huh. And she looked at him and said, you don't play. You're not an NHL player. <laughs> You're too fat to be an NHL player. I, that was kind of the subtext, although <laughs> she's a sweetheart and would not have said it out loud. Yes. And I, I was like, that. Very much could be wow. Jake Vertanen. And then she saw his picture on this. He came up to warm up and she was like, oh, yeah, that was him. <laughs> uh, awesome. That rocks. Awesome. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I've I heard stories about that summer too, but I can't repeat them. Um, yeah. uh, so this leads us to uh, one of the one of my favorite entries in the saga of Jake Vertanen that is that is oft forgot. But um that I think is is quite funny. Do you guys remember the stuff controversy? Uh, yes, no. because we talked about it the other week. Okay. I forgot. So this is from an article that is just from the Canadian press published in the province in 2016 called Vertanen on his way back to Utica. This is not so much a Jake Vertanen story as it is a Willie Desjardins being completely unable to carry on a conversation with anyone Excellent. story. But um, it also really benefits from being from the Canadian press. Yes. In my opinion, because, you know, it is just the facts and just the most bare bones journalism. Exactly. Which always serves to highlight dumb quotes and make them funnier. <laughs> um, so it says here, the Vancouver Canucks have assigned Jake Vertanen to the American Hockey League's Utica Comets, the club announced Wednesday. The second year forward was also sent down last week at the tail end of Vancouver's recent six-game road trip. He was recalled on Sunday after a short stint in the minors that saw him fail to register a point in two games. Vertanen's status with the Canucks has been a hot topic this season for a club that sits 6-10-1 and and has endured a nine-game losing streak. <laughs> Uh, trips down memory lane. Don't we love it, boys? Um, <laughs> the sixth overall pick in the 2014 NHL entry draft has been in and out of the lineup, registering one assist in 10 games while averaging just over 10 minutes of ice time. Um, Canucks head coach Willie Desjardins has been looking for more consistency from the six foot one, 226 pound 
uh, Vertanen, citation needed, who <laughs> didn't play in Sunday's 5-4 overtime victory over Dallas or a 7-2 loss to the New York Rangers on Tuesday. Desjardins raised some eyebrows when asked before the New York game why Vertanen had been recalled from Utica if he wasn't going to play in Vancouver. We were on the road, and so I don't think he had any of his stuff, Desjardins said Tuesday oh. morning. He needed to come back to get his stuff for us to kind of make a decision on where we're going to go at with him. When you're on the road, you don't have anything. If you're going to go down in brackets to the AHL for a while, you need to get you need to go back and get in brackets your stuff. <laughs> and that is the end of the article. Um, I just I don't know. Like at first, my assumption was always that like Willie was just looking for an excuse that he to not play him after recalling him. Right. And that, that, you know, oh, he had to come up to get his stuff. But now I, I, I've become increasingly convinced that Jake really did just leave his luggage at the airport and had to come <laughs> back and get it. See, the theory that I always heard was that, like, he had, like, most of his stuff, but, like, like he, like, had no shirt. Like, he had three pairs of underwear. Oh, hell two yeah. Shirts, yeah. And just, like, I, I didn't pack well for this road trip. Now I have to go to Utica. Fuck, boys. He's like, never gone. Got, you got to help me out. Yeah. He's di- he did the thing that I did um, when I went to Europe when I was 16 and just, like, accidentally left his one uh, bag with all the toiletries and, um, and, like, shit just on the bus. And then, like had to try to scrounge through like three or four days with no toothbrush or whatever. <laughs> like I do that shit all the time. I, lose I do shit like that all the time too. Uh, so I can't blame him, I guess. But um, so at this point we Bertuzzi get a- once lost his cool. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Um, at this point we get a bit of a dry spell for Jake, um, which is surprising. Uh, the next year and a bit is pretty uneventful and i believe and this is where things start to get a little hazy i believe the next time jake is in the news for an off-ice incident it is because of a tweet courtesy of uh former twitch personality amaranth um which she's on twitch anymore i know she was banned from twitch um because she accidentally flashed the camera um and uh, she was never allowed to return. And so now I am pretty sure she basically just does like a uh, risque photos and videos Patreon. Um, she's gone just fully in that direction, whereas before okay. she was also a uh, like a Twitch streamer or whatever. But this is my favorite story, and I know we've mentioned it on the show before, but my favorite part about it is that... So I was always under the impression that his pickup line was does my Twitter name come to mind, which is already complete nonsense. really <laughs> dumb, really, really stupid. Uh, not a thing that makes sense at all. Um, and insane. Done, do you know who I am? Yeah. For, for, insanely for bad. Like you should have just done that. Yeah. But the thing, the thing that you guys, the, the thing that makes it even better is that that's not actually what he said. What he said was, does my Twitter name come in mind? (laughs) (laughs) Which is like, it's so good because it's just like... He must have been trying to switch from one 
line to another and then yes. press enter halfway through. <laughs> exactly. Like, like it's just two different thoughts that have nothing to do with each other. And then he gets what, like an idiom wrong at the end as well. Um, but that, that whole saga was, um, was interesting because it made a lot of people really mad at her. <laughs> like, and they got really weird and, and misogynistic about it. And it was a huge bummer because he, um, like, she was just basically being like, oh, this is funny. And everybody obviously just fucking flipped yeah. out about it, right? Right. Um, but yeah, that was that was a favorite of mine. Um, I it, it reminded me of a thought that I had recently where I get a lot of shit for some reason from people for liking AJ Soprano. Um, do you mean like you just get it from JD? No, I get it from a few different people. Myra was giving me a hard time the other day. Um, somebody else, some other like media person, I think was giving me a hard time the other day. And like, I, I've said this on Twitter, but I'm going to say it again. Um, you can't like Jake Vertanen and not like AJ Soprano. Yeah. They're the same guy. They're like a hundred percent the same guy. Like, um, the only difference is that I would say that AJ is like more benevolent, if anything. <laughs> He's like a nicer, better human being. Um, that is like instead of being kind of like mean and and callous, he uh, and stupid. He's kind of like dumb and and sweet and just like very very bad with words. Um, yeah, like Tony would be so happy if AJ got like a, a tattoo of Christopher Columbus on his arm. <laughs> yeah, I mean the thing with um, AJ would never do that. The thing with uh, Jake and and with yeah, the the thing with Jake is that like it's shocking to me that he is not some guy's kid, like some former right. player or or uh, because like <laughs> That's he a great point. he has the most fail son energy of. <laughs> Almost he's any. Ber- he's Todd Bertuzzi's fail son. Yeah, uh, like a hundred percent. He he is <laughs> the, the only like. Way that makes sense. He is the if you took like the city's collective memory of power forwards. Yeah, he, he's like the fail son of the memory <laughs> of Todd Bertuzzi and Cam Neely. <laughs> like that's the best way to describe him as a. So that's a very valid point, but also I was really unsure if you're right about that because I was trying to remember who. Uh, well, what Donnie Vertanen's NHL career was like. Ah. Uh. Until I remember that that's Jake Pennon's dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, his his parents are apparently, like, friends with the Aquilinis somehow. But right. they're not, like, hockey people, you know? But, yeah, anyways, that, that more or less leads us into the most recent incidents here, which are, of course, the phone fiasco. Um, where Jake basically just like in, in typical fashion, uh, posted a video of him driving his car, just being like, got some sick swag on, you know, new, new gear from the Canucks had to take a video of myself wearing it while I'm driving. Um, and, uh, of course this was then retweeted by the NHL. <laughs> promoted by the NHL. Uh, and then people, of course, quickly noticed um, that he's texting and driving. Yeah, exactly. That he's on his phone while driving and that this is illegal. And I did actually find a really funny article from News 1130 on the uh, on the incident where they're basically just like 
um, calling for him to go to jail. <laughs> so I'm just going to read it because I thought it was really Please. funny. Um, awesome. A video of a, so this is from May 27th. God, only that long ago. And it feels oh like, it feels like a thousand years ago uh, by Nikita Martins or maybe Nikita Martins. Um, okay. A video of Canucks for or of a Canucks forward is circulating on social media as he films himself driving while decked out in the team's gear. Jake Vertanen, a 23-year-old from Langley, has been, I love how it's not describing him as like a hockey player. It's just describing him as a 23-year-old from Langley. Has posted the video on Instagram as a story Wednesday afternoon. Uh, the hockey player also captioned the video with "Dress and feel like I'm in Pee Wee again." <laughs> So just completely wearing sweatpants and slides all the time. I guess, yeah. Um, Vancouver criminal lawyer Kyla Lee says Vertanen's video could possibly lead to lawful action. <sighs> Tickets don't have to be issued at the time the offense occurred. So they can track Mr. Vertanen and then they could issue yep. him the ticket later on. They have up to a year from when it occurred to issue the ticket. She explains police can find the information from the video to identify the location of where Vertanen was driving to issue the ticket. This is fucking terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's true. Like you, you definitely like like one, you shouldn't do this, but also yeah, don't don't. You shouldn't be able it. to enforce it that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm sure that this technology will only be used to give parking tickets to rich white NHL players. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so she adds, it's never a good time to record yourself violating the law. <laughs> Lee says people like Vertanen, who has over 87,000 followers on Instagram, have the ability to influence people through social media content. The reality is that it's very rare that we see tickets issued in circumstances like these. But if there has been a huge public outcry, and especially if you are a public figure, that's the type of situation that makes police inclined to make an example of somebody, Lee says. Um... We know that the Instagram Live and Snapchat short chat stories while you're driving are a very popular medium. They're also an illegal medium. She says police might take action against Vertanen to discourage people from engaging in similar behavior. The NHL initially tweeted the video but has since deleted it. Many are blasting Vertanen online, saying it's a case of distracted driving, which carries a fine of $368, along with four penalty points. This one was funny to me for like a couple of different reasons in that it just basically illustrates the entire thing with Jake Vertanen, which is Jake Vertanen does something stupid. People rightfully um, like criticize it or make fun of it. Then somebody takes it way too far. And then the people who um, the, the Jake Vertanen defense squad essentially now has like this perfect thing to point to and be like, see, everybody's trying to drive Jake out of town or whatever. Yeah, right, like, yeah. oh, it's not that big of a deal that you have to literally uh, write. You guys uh, ran Roberto Luongo out of town and now you're going to do the same thing to Jake Vertanen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the same caliber of player. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, there is somebody like literally writing an article about how the cops should go find him and, and give and like <laughs> issue him his ticket, which is totally... Um, totally fucking ridiculous and leads per, uh, perfectly into the uh, penultimate controversy of Jake Vertanen's career, which is this um, club video that he posted 
the other the other uh, night yes. um, that generated so much of a response. And I think it was Vanessa Jang who who made the who like initially sort of made it a thing on Canucks Twitter. And um, you know, she was pretty quick to admit that she kind of went overboard shaming him for it. Right. Um, I don't care. <laughs> but it, it's just such a nothing thing. It, yeah, I mean, you don't care. What, what do you like? You don't care that he was at the club. Oh, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, as in, uh, how much she like shamed him. Shamed him. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm inclined to agree, and it certainly wasn't enough yeah. to warrant like the harassment she got and her having Absolutely to to not. fucking no, lock her account and shit. Yeah. But no, I do so I do also think that there is this element of like. Uh, just with the just with the COVID stuff in general, it's like people have very different ideas about this. People have very different ideas about like what being safe is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. and and I don't like how much we have a tendency to focus on like individual people doing things that we think they shouldn't be doing, rather than like yeah. you know what I see in that video is like the staff are wearing masks. There's not that many people in there, and it's him with like his buddies who he's probably been seeing. You know. I also think though it's a very easy like. Uh, of course, it was going to go. This oh way. yes, like, no, it's, yeah, it's very much yeah. like asking for it. Absolutely, uh, no. It's when you're yeah. again. It's it's a perfect case of like Jake is not being bad nearly as much as he's being stupid. Yes, and it just rocks <laughs> yeah. too that like he's wearing a hat that says "Worst Crew Ever." So good it's, because, like, I'm so glad it continues the tradition of a Canuck uh, wearing a funny once hat. a year. Yeah, wearing a funny hat. Yeah, and it's exactly. it's also so funny because you because it's it's the perfect possible um, it's a perfect possible situation because it is Jake Vertanen owning Brendan Leipzig while yeah. also self owning at the same time, yeah. <laughs> which is no, so perfect. It makes it perfect. It makes it worth it. It looks. It looked. The video looked so like lame too. Like it was. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, like, it, can you imagine celebrities with like two groups of six people in it? It would just be like such a weird. Like just any nightclub where you have like four groups each sitting in their corner because they're not allowed to get up. Yeah. Everyone's wearing masks, and it's just like this seems fucked up. And just him also just being like, I should definitely post this to Instagram. <laughs> well, so he like, didn't. Why? His friends did. Like, so that but, everybody yeah, can see so. how how like what a lame time you're having, <laughs> and like and, that like, you're violating. out. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like I don't want to post any pictures of doing any sort of social thing because I know people will go a little bit yeah. like, oh, how many people is that? It's like, no, we're six feet away well, from each other. It's there's fun. always a rump minority of yeah. like. 20% of people on the internet who are on the internet to get mad. Yes. Like that's why they're on there specifically on there to like find someone to get mad at. So for sure, you always got to account for that. But um, yeah, final thing. And most, most, I guess relevant to the, the current moment is um, a thing that happened from a scrimmage earlier this week um, that Canucks Twitter. OG uh, Taj tweeted out. That is uh, a quote from Thomas Drance. Vertanen lost the puck on a breakaway. He was mad and threw a hit. Horvat called him out after the hit. Horvat to Vertanen. Just because you fucked up doesn't mean you get to run the fuck around. <laughs> wow. And this one, um, this was a this was a big one for for the market because it it really kind of opened up just the 
the fucking interminable like debates that you expect to pop up in a situation like this where half the market is like oh jake's such a bum and we should trade him or like uh blah 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 and then and then the other half is the jake vertan and defense squad being like you know just wait till we get him in the playoffs yeah the the normal stuff but then also just doing the the thing that people who reflexively defend everything the team does always do which is um, just immediately try to like shut down the conversation, right? Which is always the thing that pisses me off the most because it's it's just yet again another instance of people saying something isn't a story, or that it was somehow like wrong to report this, which I find highly sus. Um, to to say that like reporting facts has an agenda. Yeah. So I mean, I guess. At this point, to to open the conversation up to the two of you, what? How do you guys feel about Jake Vertan? Because he's obviously such a character, right? And he's so interesting. Can I say who Jake Vertan is in a completely too serious and too grand way? Yeah, he is the first hometown sports star completely online. Yeah, allowing all of us in, to in Canucks history certainly feel it. Yeah, for here. Yeah, for Vancouver. If if he were not to be here anymore, we would be missing a giant. There would be a huge hole in Canucks culture. To me, I think we don't <laughs> appreciate it enough. Uh, like like we haven't. He is haven't every dumbass boy who imagines what it would be like if he actually made the show <laughs> and for the Canucks. Yeah, he's like a wish fulfillment. He is a like, fulfillment character. Someone, and I, I can't, um, I can't, rep- uh, I can't credit it because I think it was said in a context where <laughs> um, I'm not supposed to repeat it. But I don't remember who said it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and I can say it. But somebody told me recently that uh, they were like the reason all the guys who like Jake Vertanen like him because he plays in the NHL how they play in beer league. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And um, I do, I kind of, you might say that this whole show and my whole relationship to the Canucks is just sort of like the, the result of watching a team that's been so bad and then so unlucky in such spectacular ways that you kind of have to develop a different relationship with the team than you would normally have as a fan. And yeah. as a result, you know, you start to get drawn to guys like Jake Furtanen just because they give you something to talk about, right? And the, my feeling with Jake Furtanen is basically, as long as the Canucks are going to be bad, I hope he's on the team. Yes. Because he makes yes. being bad more palatable. But I also think that Jake Vertanen is a pretty astonishingly bad hockey player and that it's it it's borderline insane how the degree to which fans will some fans will go to defend him. Um, yeah, he's not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, he's not a good he's not a good player. I mean, it almost reminds me of like when Bertuzzi kind of sucked. Even, well, I mean, like, even when he sucked, he was better than Vertanen. Oh, yeah, uh, big time. But yeah. I was just like, I don't want this guy to go. It, it's just like, it's just a cultural thing. Or or he just plays in such a weird way that, um, yeah, I don't want him gone. Well, it just makes me think back to, you guys remember the... Even though he's like a dead weight. Yeah. <laughs> you guys remember the Heritage Minute we did on all the Russian players, right? Right. 
I was yeah. thinking about how impossible it was to find anything about Artem Chubarov when I was doing research for that episode. Right. And how easy it is to find stuff about Jake Vertanen in comparison when, in all honesty, they're like the same type of player. And I don't mean that in terms of like player profile. I just mean in terms of like where they are on the team. Like they're both like bottom six guys with a, with a specific role. Um, and, and like it, it just goes to show you how, how rapidly things have a how rapidly things have changed with you know the fact that yeah as uh elliot said like this is our first hometown hero who is extremely online um or of the extremely online era rather and then also just like the sort of outsize attention he gets because of where he's from and because he was a first round pick and right i really think he more than anyone else is emblematic of this era of Canucks hockey. This the era of Benning and and failure, which we may be coming out of now. Who knows? Okay. Um, he's the guy. Like he so perfectly encapsulates the market, the team, uh, the front office, the the good and the bad. In that, like he's mostly pretty bad but he's kind of fun also yeah which is kind of how i would describe like he's not boring to watch yeah that's a lot going for him there which is sort of how i would describe like most of the benning era like obviously there were those two years where everything was really really terrible but the canucks haven't been like boring you know like like as bad as they've been i would weigh i would take them over another team that's just like a little bit better, but completely boring and nothing interesting ever happens. Yeah. You know what? It just comes down to this. Jake Vertanen is like, if one of our buddies was playing for the Canucks, like just that. Sense. J- like, Jake Vertanen is like if Elliot's brother school. played for the Canucks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> With a bucket hat. <laughs> on the ice. Yeah. yeah. No, it's like that. It's like, yeah, this is like, <laughs> uh, that spot would be better filled by somebody else, but this is funnier. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that actually brings me to, I guess my, um, so long live Jake for Jake for Tannen's in the bud. Yeah. I, I have had this, this sort of idea bumping around in my head for a very, very long time relating to a bunch of different stuff that mainly politics, but also hockey just, the way that over the past few years, it seems like you can't possibly come up with what will happen next because it's always more insane and crazy. Like, it's always crazier and dumber than you could even write if you were trying to, like, write a sitcom. Right. And um, you guys are obviously <laughs> logic dork voice here, but you guys are obviously familiar with Occam's Razor. Um, of course. The, uh, the principle that when, you know, faced with two options, you should pick the simpler one. Um, I've always had this idea sort of bumping around in my head, rattling around in my brain, um, that the real principle should be whatever the dumbest possible thing is will be the thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And I, right. uh, mm-hmm. I am 
I suggest in this moment that we deem this principle for Tannen's razor. When faced with multiple options, always pick the dumbest one. Yeah. Um, because at least as long as Jim Benning is general manager, it seems like it's going to be the case. So on a, a final note here, I also just wanted to quickly touch on something that a story that actually we never really got the chance to cover the first time around, um, which was earlier this season, NBC hockey commentator and former NHL player Jeremy Roenick was fired from his position for making sexual remarks about one of his co-hosts. And Jeremy Roenick is back in the news this week um, because he has filed a wrongful termination suit claiming that NBC Sports discriminated against him as a straight man. Shut up. This is real. This is dead serious. I am going to read. I, I completely didn't. Okay. I'm going to read wow. from the article, which is from NBC News, and um, there are a couple of of just great um, little tidbits in here. The best part, one of the best parts, is really just the headline, which is hockey commentator claims NBC firing was anti-straight discrimination. Vias, <laughs> uh, as a law student, is that a real thing? Uh, you know, like uh, it probably depends. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I hate to say that, but it probably depends. So here, the this is from Variety. Apparently, uh, it's just by Variety. It says so I don't know what that means, but um, like by editorial staff. I'm yeah, but it's in NBCNews.com, so I don't know if Variety is like maybe they maybe they're all yeah that would make sense that would make the most sense yeah okay that's so weird hockey star jeremy ronick sued nbc sports and its parent companies for wrong wrongful termination on friday claiming the network discriminated against him as a straight man after he made off-color remarks on a barstool sports podcast ronick also alleges that the network retaliated against him because he was an outspoken supporter of president trump in 2016 oh Ronick was let go after joking on the Spit and Chicklets podcast about having a threesome with his wife and Catherine Tappan, which is a really unfortunate name, um, <laughs> a co-worker in a discussion about... A good hockey player name, Yeah, though. truly. Yeah. About a vacation in Portugal. Um, <laughs> okay. I never heard the quote before, and oh. I feel bad about how funny it is, but it is extremely yeah. funny. Um. I'm swimming with my wife and Catherine, and they've got their bikinis on, and they look fucking smoking, he said on the podcast in December. Ass and boobs everywhere. It's great. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's just... It's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's like something I would say on Twitter. Like, it's just... <laughs> things are becoming increasingly like... I can't even make jokes about this, because this is just the joke that I would make. Like, yeah. just... I know we we put the Vertan and stuff to bed a second ago, but like when when this video popped up, I made some joke about like you know <laughs> the NHL being like our players are all going to do the best job they possibly can of following the protocols and blah blah blah. And then meanwhile, like Jake Vertan is puking at the in the dinosaur at <laughs> Castle Fun Park, and then like five people believed me that it happened. <laughs> So you can't even make make this shit up anymore. But yeah, um, I'm I earlier on I was googling. I, I don't know if you guys would know what this is, but do you know what the dirty dot com? Of is? course. 
Oh, you know, you know what oh yeah, you know what? You did grow up in those parts. Yes, I did. Sure. I grew up in yeah. Nanaimo, my dude. I, f- I forgot that the lower mainland is or like the suburbs of Vancouver are not the only yeah. place for that stuff. Elliot, what I about you? I have no idea what this is. Okay, Jackson, do you want to take that oh, one? Oh man, I, you would do a better job of I'm, explaining it than I would. Like, I'm very curious to hear from your perspective, but also it's uh, it was just like a website that was especially popular like early 2000s. It's still around uh, that... I don't think it's specific to Surrey or like like it's definitely not. No, they have different ones for different places. For dif- yeah, for different cities, and it's just where you would post gossip and just like you would shit on other people on there. You'd post like, "Dear Nick, who is like the author of the website or whatever, this person like sleeps around with these ugly girls." Like like say stuff like that. It's a lot of this person uh, posts videos crap. of himself in his car while he's driving. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, goes to the club and gets bottle service from a bunch of Asian girls that are wearing masks <laughs> during the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very much a place where like uh, the shittiest people you know in high school would go and like talk shit about other people. Letters to the editor, kind of. I uh, yeah, letters to the editor, kind of thing. And it's like very focused on one person, and, and like everybody I know in Surrey like knows at least one person that's been on. Or, or like some most people I know at least, and uh, it's yep, very yep. just. Okay, just keep going. It's it's it could be like a rite of passage to be on. But basically, what I'm saying is like I got really disappointed that I couldn't find one about Jake on there. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, it's like yeah, it would be so funny if there was. I'm sure maybe there was once and they got taken down by. Yeah, totally. Because it's like a pub. Because yeah. for some reason, it's worse to do that to a public figure than yeah, just a random like, person. I will say when you go on, it's not that fun unless you know the people. Because no. it, it really is just, uh, it's, it's a lot pretty of, awful. It's a lot of like people who are really down on their luck and like the struggling of their life. So much, uh, slut shaming. Yes. So much, yeah. uh, drug user shaming. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it, it is very, it is very much like your, uh, your like right wing relatives on Facebook who accuse each other of not raising their kids. Um, kind of like people. Those are the type of people that are. Yeah, that's that a good. That's that. a good way of saying it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, just moving on here in the article, Ronick was quickly suspended. He issued an apology, and his supervisor Sam Flood, which is a good name, uh, subsequently informed him that he was fired. According to the lawsuit, Ronick also states that he asked Flood for permission to speak at the Republican National Convention in 2016. According to the suit, Flood responded, I'm not saying what you can do. You know who you work for. You work for NBC. That would not look good on your NBC record. Which, I honestly have to say, if this is true, he might kind of have a point. Because, like, as much as I think it's dumb to be a Trump supporter, you probably shouldn't get fired from your job for voicing support for a political candidate. Um the hockey star alleges that Flood subsequently made derogatory remarks, remarks about Trump to Ronick, such as, your boy is messing up this country. <laughs> Ronick alleges that his support for Trump was one of the reasons leading to his firing. The lawsuit, filed in New York Supreme Court, also accuses NBC Sports of violating the state law against discrimination based on gender and sexual orientation. So this this was my favorite part here. The suit points to controversy over a promotional video involving NBC figure skating commentators Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir, which involved some vulgar language and an insinuation of an affair. The suit notes that neither Weir nor Lipinski were suspended or terminated. Roenick said that he had also told Flood that Weir used colorful commentary about skaters' body parts during the 2018 Olympics. Flood allegedly responded that Weir, quote, is gay and can say whatever. (laughs) 
That's such a good defense. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so yeah, obviously we'll stay updated on that. But um, so, anyways, we're going long. But um, I guess that's just about it for this week. Uh, Vias, you wanted me to mention oh, yeah. that. Oh, um, it, or you can you can take the charge on it if you want. Yeah, no, I think uh, today Jack McElhargy, uh it was announced that he, he passed away, and uh, yep. that was just like a blast from the past name, and uh, like rest in peace to his family, condolences and everything. He definitely is like uh, just like I will never forget that face. Uh, yes. Just like growing up, Crow, and then this, uh, then uh, McElhargy with the mustache, the yeah, eyebrows. Mustache. He just got like a really classic, iconic look for Canucks fans, uh, and. Uh, and yeah, he used to be a Canucks defenseman or something, if I That's remember right. correctly. Yep. He might have been there so. for the 82 finals. Um, but yeah, like, you know, our uh, our lore is uh, the 2003 to 2006 or 9 era of the Canucks. Yes. Nothing, nothing good happened after that. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah he was a part of it as a coach. So. And he was also, um, I when I was like 20 and I was on our Canucks, John Garrett did an AMA. And I asked him who his favorite teammate was or like his best teammate. And oh, cool. he said, and he said, Jack McElroy. Oh, damn. So yeah. Cool. Uh, RIP to a real one. The realest yeah. ones. Yeah. He, uh, uh, Joe Quenville doesn't hold a candle to you, even though like he looks exactly <laughs> like you. Yes. Yeah. Um, also just, uh, on a final note, uh, we have a website now. Mm-hmm. It sucks ass. It looks terrible, but, um, dot com. <laughs> It, but it has a real domain name, roxyfever.com, and um, I've been using it as a bit of a writing platform just to to write about stuff that I would talk about on the show, but not um, but really in don't writing have, words, not saying. Yeah, words. exactly, and that I don't really have. There's not. There just isn't really an appropriate place to to write about them. Um, I wrote an intro post, and then I also wrote a thing a few days ago about why I don't work in media anymore that um, longtime listeners of the show will basically know all the reasons, but um, you know, if you want to give it a read, uh, do that. Yeah, no, it was and, good. Uh, yeah. It's cool. It's cool to Thank see you. you talk about that. Honestly. Yeah. I um, got a really good response to it, which was surprising to me. Oh, that's great. That's good. Yeah. So oh, are you going to, how is it going to work? Are you thinking about like getting other people to write for it? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm certainly not against it, but at the moment, it's essentially just like a glorified Substack. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where where I'm I'm writing some stuff, and then I'm also I in the coming weeks, most of the back catalog is gonna go offline, so that I can finally resubmit the feed to Spotify. Mm. But you'll be able to find episodes one to I think twenty eight or so on the website. Um, if you ever decide you want to listen to them again, mostly I just wanted them there because I had like some of those episodes are some of the most fun I've ever had doing the show. So mm-hmm. I wanted them to exist mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Failson McDonald. You can follow me on Twitter at Vyasteren. You can follow me on Twitter at Moose Kayak. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Roxy's Fever and visit the website, roxysfever.com. Yeah. And donate to the Patreon. Yeah. We're gonna be we're we will record a Patreon episode very soon, I promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be a doozy. Our next one is on John Tortorella. So stay oh, tuned for that. Man, that's be good. Woof. <laughs> All right. 
Thanks, everybody. Send uh, videos of yourself driving in your <laughs> car wearing a Canucks jersey I, I to at Jake Vertanen on Twitter. I do Twitter. not condone that. <laughs> Unless you're Vias, he's oh, vehemently against it. Yeah, yeah, I am against it. Do not do that. <laughs>